0: A gold bonanza welcomes us back after the international break. Welcome to the EFL SESH podcast. Good to have you back, um, back with us, your, your favorite pair of EFL nonsense talking fellows. Um, first things first, I'll introduce reintroduce Andy. He needs no introduction, you will know him well. How was your holiday? How, how are you after your relaxing break?
1: Yeah, thanks, Joe. And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing to be back. I was uh, I was thinking of the sesh while I was uh, <laughs> I'm, lapping it up I'm... on a uh, on uh, what do you call them on a uh. You know, one them sun beds in uh, next to a lovely pool in twenty five degree heat in Grand Canaria. So, I was itching to get back. Uh, did watch some football while I was out there, um, which was good. Um, actually, was tweeting, tweeting a little bit while I was out What's there that? as well, um, which was good. So, you know, look up on the socials. Definitely plugging that already. Uh, but yeah, had a really nice time, mate. Unfortunately, did get a fit of food poisoning right at the end of the uh, holiday. But you know, Yeah, it was uh, it was um. A bit of a shit show if they, in in oh there you go the yeah, yes. every... extra word. disgusting yeah exactly let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's move
0: on with utmost speed to Absolutely. uh to what we're going to talk. so I think we, we're going back to classic pod we're uh, we'll we'll do some game reviews we'll do some predictions league I think we'll do the game reviews in reverse order this week as well which will be fun for all involved starting uh starting the people's league Um, but before all that we've got our now regular managerial merry-go-round spot i, I think uh, i'm quite enjoying this andy i quite like our a little su- summary of well it seems ridiculous really but what happens in a week or two weeks in this instance
1: mm. yeah it's, it's nuts it seems to be the the gift that keeps on giving really it's mm. uh we're coming up to christmas and uh the amount of managerial sackings we've seen and, and movements, certainly in the last in the first like two or three months of the championship is absolute. all championship league one and league two has been nothing short of remarkable, really. Uh, you know, I've I've only been following the EFL religiously for the last two or three years, but it seems that there is a lot of change and it's quite rare that you actually even see managers getting past like the one or two year mark in this in this uh in this, uh, uh, f- what do you call it, profession we call English the English Football League. Um, so we've got quite a lot of uh, changes since the last time we spoke in, in the last two weeks. So the first one we want to dissect is uh, Lincoln have uh, appointed Michael Scobular as their new manager on a, on a multi-year deal. Uh, again, quite a relatively young manager. 1982 is born so what does that make him that makes him 41 surely. Yep. yeah 41 yeah quick absolutely there. quick maths born on uh halloween so a spooky Oh, spooky yeah spooky definitely
0: um would you give have... your kid a halloween themed name if they were born on halloween
1: probably yeah you kind of have to yeah. right? i
0: yeah. try to think of one now boo maybe that seems a bit too celebrity though i don't think you'd get away with it or very american it sounds yeah boo.
1: yeah
0: uh, uh we'll come back to that if you think of a good one unless yeah. you can think of a good one now you've a good thinking face on
1: mm, yeah i was i was thinking like frank like short frank and ah
0: that's ah, that's good yeah i like that a lot okay yeah. i'll I'll, <laughs> I'll bank that one just in case
1: <laughs> that one yeah definitely um to, to me on to me on kind of like um on paper this seems a Quite shrewd appointment, if I'm being totally honest. He seems to have really good pedigree for such a young manager. He he has been coaching for over 20 years already, and he's only 41. So yeah. clearly, he was not the not the kind of player that kind of went professional and, and had a long career. He kind of thought, okay, well, I'm not the best footballer. I'm going to go straight into management, and he certainly has earned his stripes. He's you know been assistant at all the various levels, Premier League, even at the youth international levels, and yeah I, I i think you know it's nice to see young managers getting a chance and and managers getting their first chance as well i think this his major first major um uh, managerial kind of appointment so yeah i i'm I, he, he seems on a bit of a similar ilk to what joe edwards was when he came in at millwall i think They're, a lot of teams are coming for the young manager developed players had have good pedigree and good have had good mentors over the years um Hopefully that translates into you know developing players from a younger age, maybe younger younger squads, and yeah, like we see a good example, I suppose, is Matt Everington at Colchester, right? He's he's been a good player for a young you know, many years, still relatively young, um but he had good coaching pedigree at their younger group levels, and want to and and they have a very young, so I think one of the youngest squads in the NFL. Um so I can see this. I can see this being a quite good appointment. I'm quite excited by it, if I'm being totally honest. And he obviously got off to a good start. Unfortunately, against your uh, beloved um, Latin Orient. Oh man, I tell you, Latin we're history.
0: absolutely all over the history books. But basically, anyone who hasn't won a game in a while, anyone who's hasn't got a particularly high largest ever score, just get them to play Orient, and we'll we'll sort that right out. We're just. Oh, I can't even. I can't, I can't. If I speak, I'm in trouble, as uh, as Jose Mourinho yeah. would say. But um, yeah, it's interesting. He's an interesting guy. He's one. Of, he's this sort of new breed of coach that doesn't come up through the game. Like mm-hmm. does a load of random football adjacent stuff, then becomes a manager. The thinking man's football manager. Mm-hmm. Um, like PE teacher, loads of non-league coaching roles. Yeah. Director of football at Loughborough University. Head what, coach yeah. of the England national futsal team. Mm, yeah, first, UEFA no for a bit. Uh, and it did a great job there. It took us to our highest world ranking in two decades. Um, apparently, calling out specifically Max Kilman, someone they worked with. So <laughs> shout out Max Kilman there. Mm. Um, UEFA football advisor, and then started getting sort of coaching jobs. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But if Mr. Scoobler could stop beating Orient, that'd be nice. That's his only win to date. Um, yeah, across any team he's managed in a, in professional football. So, yeah, hopefully we, we we get rid of that record quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's let's, let's hope. But I I think, uh, I, yeah, I I don't, I don't hate it. That's that's the thing. I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a good appointment. It could be a bad appointment. But I've seen I've seen people or seen clubs. You know, I'll talk about Ipswich. Like they took a chance on a manager. You know who hasn't been a manager before, obviously had good pedigree with loads of different coaching experience at Tottenham and United under Raleigh, um with McKenna in McKenna, but look what's happened with him, right? He's, mm. he's slightly straight in and done that. So I feel like a lot of teams are trying to do that, il- trying to do that ilk of manager or that kind of, that kind of uh, appointment, which is good to see. Mm. Okay, we'll move We'll move on. We'll talk about um, a managerial sacking and Matt Taylor has left his role at Rotherham and, um, I don't know if I see this as harsh because obviously they were on a bar- bit of a barren run. They're second bottom in the they were second bottom at the time in in the championship, but I feel like because I saw I I watched the game when they drew two all with Ipswich at home, and they've I know that the new managers come new managers come in and actually got a really good result at the week at, at the weekend or uh, against Leeds right, on Friday night, but I just I just feel maybe he was that kind of manager that should have been there a bit longer. Even if they went down, he seemed a kind of young, upcoming manager. Someone that probably could, you know, if they do go down, could build him up and and have a bit of longevity there. So I was a bit surprised by the sacking, if I'm being totally honest. But they looks like they've got they've got Scott Brown. You know, it's not the Scott Brown I absolutely adore. Um, just a little preface there. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder whether that'd come up. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wayne Carlisle and Dan Green as kind of co caretaker managers So they've gone for the three caretaker managers, which blows my mind a little bit because, you know, sometimes, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen can cause chaos, right? So I don't really get that point of view. Um but yeah, I feel it was a little harsh getting rid of Matt Taylor. I don't I I still can't see Rotherham staying up. So I think for whatever manager they get in now, I think he's probably got a plan for a season in League One, a couple of seasons in League One and build them up again. Um no, I know there's talk of um, Warnock going back um, and potentially Steve Evans going back, but I feel like Steve Evans has put himself away from that role. And I think that's a wise decision because he's got something really good cooking at Stevenage. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit, I felt a bit bad for Matt Taylor, maybe in my mind anyway, I don't think it was as bad as maybe it looked, but what about you, Joe?
0: Yeah. I, I... I don't know. Maybe it was as bad as it looked. I don't know. He yeah. wasn't really turning anything around, to be fair. Mm. Um, it, it, but then you look at his record at Exeter and he actually did a really good job there. So, I don't know. Maybe he did more, need more time. But once again, I guess two things. I don't think that Scott Brown is the Scott Brown. I think he's a different it's Scott not, Brown. No. I think this is a this is a goalkeeper, Scott Brown, who's six foot. And then I was like, I wonder how tall your beloved Scott Brown is. Yeah. How tall is he? Tall or, taller, or shorter than six foot?
1: I've always thought he was a little bit shorter to be fair. I was gonna go five ten. Oh, five nine. Oh yeah.
0: See, yeah. I, I did a similar thing where I thought he looked short, but I wondered whether he was just playing in a land of the Giants team, so he was actually taller, but no, he's tiny. Another short king. Um although five nine isn't really short, I don't think, but I I digress. Um I I I don't I don't understand a what is going on with the sort of three mm. co managers story, and I don't understand what is going on. With sacking managers without replacements lined up, yeah, it seems to be a common theme now. But the whole point of sacking someone at the, what is essentially the start of the international break is so you can bring in that next manager, and they have loads of time with the team. Yeah, like, this is blowing me away how many clubs are doing this 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 year of just sort of sacking people and going, well, we'll work it out. Um, and Wayne Carlisle, he, he was the assistant manager, no, so. Yeah, he was actually. Right. Yeah, he was He's back. still sticking around as the co-manager now. I don't know. I don't know what is going on. I know it's like interim, but yeah, I, st- st- makes no bizarre. sense. Really. No, it doesn't yeah. at all. Why not just stick with it with 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 Taylor until you've got someone lined up? Um, exactly. I don't. I don't have a clue. Wayne Carlisle, by the way. I um, I've got a great Wayne Carlisle story. So Thank he obviously played for a season, or I think the thing was two seasons at Aurium in our o five o six promotion winning season um I was a mascot for one of the games and I have a photo with Wayne Carlisle seconds before he turns around and takes piss in the urinal and that photo is like we're just in the toilets like I was just a child in the toilets of the changing rooms he's turned around and gone whoa what's going on here and then I've gone. oh yeah well I haven't gone obviously somebody has taken a photo for me and yeah, I've got this photo of a startled Wayne Carlisle arm around me. I think he, I think he's actually topless. Um, yeah, with urinals in the background. And above the urinals in what is one of the most League 2 things I've ever seen are like cardboard cutouts that have been laminated that say like integrity and discipline and honesty and stuff. It's like a sort of grown-up nursery toilet. It, it is bizarre. I'll have to I'll have to dig that out of the attic.
1: And oh shake. please, yeah, because that needs to that go on the wild. socials ASAP. Yeah. Please, that is uh, that that's unbelievable. We'll definitely yeah. post that to the socials once Joe goes into the archives. <laughs> um, on on that one, let's let's move on. And actually, mm. an appointment I'm really excited about, and that is Des Buckingham has come in at Oxford. Mm. Um, so for people that don't know, Des Buckingham, I think used to play for Oxford, uh, or u- yep. used to coach at Oxford. Um, went out, and uh, he's been at various clubs but he's um most recent job he i think he won the indian super league or the indian premier league um equivalent um with mumbai united or mumbai city Mm. um which is funny enough co owned by the uh etiago or the you know the uh, man city group right Mm. so um has been you know good pedigree you know Regardless of what league you're in, if you're winning titles, you're clearly someone that's you know got something about you in terms of tactician, young upcoming manager. Um, I watched um, because Oxford have been doing quite a lot of you know coverage on on the appointment and they he did, as yeah, I think they recorded his um opening speech to the players um, and it was really, it was it was really measured, kind of reminded me a bit of Kieran McKenna, like very measured, very calculated, very. Um, well-spoken individual talked about obviously his affinity to the club and it's nice to see Oxford actually promoting play promoting former players or you know managers that actually have a real affinity with the club and actually know the history know the fans and know know the club inside out and he's obviously taking a team that has massive momentum massive you know um, a really good squad around them. So he's he's not taking over a a team that's desperate for, for, for points. Um, I actually think, and, and this is one of my bold calls for the season, I think he could end up, this could probably be the catalyst for Oxford to get promoted this season out of League One. Wow. And I I'm I, I rate him Matt highly, and I've been really impressed with what I've seen of him so far. Um, I don't know if they got a good result on the weekend. They might not have, actually. I think they did get beat at the weekend, but you know Des Buckingham we trust I'm 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 excited by that appointment what about you joe
0: yeah it, another one another one that comes from this school of sort of obviously he played a bit of football and he was, like he did play like underage football in an academy yeah. but he just went straight into coaching it's just sort of worked his way through this mad route through sort of australia new zealand and just new zealand i think i think well, was he in australia i don't know maybe australia new zealand mumbai and then back to oxford mm. um which is which is absolutely wild but yeah I'm I'm a huge fan of it I well I'm a huge fan of number one a 38 year old called Des like yes. there's a, a huge dearth of people called Des these days so huge tick in the box for that one and I'm another massive fan of at mumbai city they managed 72 matches and they scored 144 goals that's nuts. Which is exactly two goals a game which I love hmm. um don't love the Orient... Still have to play Oxford away, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, hopefully, they'll, hopefully it'll be crap for that game. But yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm excited. I, I like this weird, um. Well, are we going to say changing of the guard? Maybe, yeah. maybe we are. Like out with the out with the Neil Warnock, sorry Neil, and in with the Desmond Buckinghams, which doesn't sound like a changing of the guard, <laughs> but I promise you it is. Um, <laughs> and also he, I like the fact that he is a qualified pilot. Yeah, that's cool. Just got weird. He's just up to weird stuff. Um, and <laughs> he he like he's, I, yeah, he's just a great guy. He's got loads of weird stuff on his on his resume. He's he's got a master's degree in advanced performance football coaching, like what that whether that means.
1: And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's
0: been inducted into the high performance sport New Zealand coach accelerator
1: program, which is the wordiest program in the world. But
0: yeah, oh, mad yeah, a
1: top fella. Mm. Yeah, top top fellow, and let's hopefully that translates into that because you know I've been really impressed with it, You know the the turnaround in Oxford, and you know you can't you can't not um, mention Liam Manning's you know mm. job that he's done there, um, and he's gave he's given Des, and I just keep thinking the Des line, you know I just keep yep. thinking. That, yeah, I mean, fam- okay. I, love it.
0: I completely agree with that. Can you name any other famous Deses?
1: I just keep I keep thinking Les Dennis. I don't know. Just I De- I don't know. Uh that's De- not a Des. That's a Les you know, you know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just trying to think. Des Deslinem. I don't know. Do you know any other famous Deses? Uh no. <laughs> I, I I've had to
0: Google it and I don't know any of these these Desmonds or Deses. Des No, what the hell? no famous des well there probably is some famous deses, but i don't recognize any of these people i'm not I'm well, let's, old
1: let's challenge the listeners you know reach out to us on all our social platforms and see if you can find us any more famous deses, and we can uh find the and we can maybe add des Buckingham to the famous mm. Des archive
0: well, now we can get an influx all of our australian fans talking about des corker and i imagine
1: <laughs> maybe who knows yeah who knows? Well, let's let's crack on with it the, because mm. there's been two final appointments as of today. I think um, at the time of recording, yep. which is double whammy, week. double whammy. We've had um, Morecambe, Uh Obviously, Morecambe lost their manager, um, Derek Adams. Is it Derek Adams? Isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, to Ross County, um, he's gone back for a third stint at that club, which I find interesting. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously Ross County are a Scottish Premier League club, so you can kind of see that there but I don't know I think he was doing really good with Morecambe and I was I was surprised he would leave because I think that there's more of a project in my mind at Morecambe than maybe Ross County I think you know maybe they've hit their prime and you know they can't really go up high there's there's a project there but maybe, maybe they were offering more money who knows mm. maybe um but they've brought in Jed Brannan um who not gonna lie I absolutely know nothing about um so he used to play uh yeah you had a semi okay career from what i've seen um so again don't really have any uh, you know opinions about this uh appointment but we wish jed a, a a good luck in that role um and we have had uh grimsby finally appoint their manager that's been one of the longer managerial searches for for grimsby um and have brought in david artell um into into the into the helm who is a bit of a Gibraltar Gibraltar legend. And is he, I don't know, is he one of the first Gibraltar managers in the Football League? Uh, he must be, mustn't he? Wow, that's a sh- let, let me work that out right now. I don't think I've ever seen a Gibraltar uh, Football League manager, um, let alone, you know, definitely not in the Premier League. But it'd be good if there was. But I, I would say I haven't heard of a Gibraltar um, manager or coach. Is there is there anything? Uh, well, well there's a
0: bit of a cop out. Alan Bula, Gibraltar f- football manager, who notably manages the Gibraltar national football team. Yeah, you don't say. Alan <laughs> <laughs> okay, that doesn't really count. Um, uh, well, no, he d- no, he doesn't currently. No, Julio Cesar Rebas does. He's Uruguayan, so he also oh, okay. doesn't count. Now nah, we got we got nobody going for us here. Um, he's Argentine. He's French. Oh, well, uh, what's Google playing at here? Gibraltar and football managers. It's just. Yeah, bringing me up a bunch of randos.
1: So well, no, I, I think you might be right. I, I I'm think taking I'd, that. Yeah, I think you should. So um, yeah, no idea. Um, don't know what his CV is there, Joe. Have you got any um, highlights from his CV, David Artels? Or, or... oh, he, yeah, he was um, he was manager at Crew for
0: like six or seven years. Or oh, five, okay. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, so until
0: maybe last year, I want to say like okay. so not this season, last season. But yeah, he, well, let me tell you. Played two hundred and seventy four. Well, it's in that he didn't play every single game. He managed two hundred and seventy four games, um, with a thirty six point five percent win loss ratio. So yeah, not not terrible actually. Um, Hmm. yeah, quite an extensive playing career, like kicking around, predominantly League Two. Um, yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's been around. He's been around a while. Out of work for a little while, but
1: yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, we we wish all the new managers and obviously managers that haven't have been sacked um, the best of luck, and hopefully they do well with their jobs or get new jobs. Mm. Um, But that is the (laughs) that is hopefully for a while. You never know. Probably next episode we'll have another managerial Mm. casualty. But the managerial merry-go-round section is done. But let's go straight into the game review um and i've missed this joe so joe i'm happy for you to to get started and as joe alluded to we are going to be going straight into the people's champions league which is league two and joe there's only one game we could ask we could really go for in this league and that is wrexham Morcum so please talk to me about that game mate i'd love to
0: um Oh, I'd love to talk to you about football. I, I always hate when Wrexham win, but there you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, they won with a aplomb, uh, 6-0 against a, well, at the time, managerless, but now not, uh, Um Joel Senior bangs one into his own net after five minutes. Not an excellent start for Morecambe. And then two minutes later, Paul Mullin. Grabs his goal, his obligatory one goal a game when he's playing. So there you go. It's 2 nil after seven minutes, and things are not looking good, Brev. And then 35 minutes in, Jacob Mendy gets Wrexham's third and pretty much kills the game um, by half time. Nothing Nothing said at half-time by that Morgan dressing room can, uh, can change the the course of events in the second half. If anything, it just gets worse. Paul Mullin gets his second on 67 minutes, 4-0. He then completes a hat-trick 10 minutes later on 77 minutes, and it's 5-0. And then James Jones in the last minute, 96th minute, bangs bangs one in for himself. Why not? Helps himself to one. 6-0 Wrexham. Morecambe, that's it's poor. It's poor. Um the stats are a shocker. Like they're just horrible. There's like there's there's not a single positive to be taken away from that game for Morecambe, in my opinion. Um, only used three subs, only saw 39% of the ball, took less shots, had less shots on target, had less well, of course they had less throw-ins. They they lost the game. Like that's, that's the key statistic. Although a criminally low throw-in count of only thirty-five. For a, for a League Two game, which that is, is low, that is very, lower than, very surprising.
1: Uh, that is even lower than um Championship. Yeah, game. It's Champions exactly. Forty, that. right?
0: Exactly that. Um, and for a team so under the cosh, they also lost. They they didn't. They, they got fewer interceptions, fewer, fewer clearances. It was rubbish. It was rubbish. I'm afraid, Morgan. Um, it compounds a pretty rubbish run of form with three mm-hmm. straight losses, which has seen them slip well outside of the playoffs. Um. And has Boyd Wrexham, who last week maybe thought, oh, no, we're letting Stockport run away with it after their 17 was it seventeen games in a row? I think they equaled the record. Yeah. And this yeah. week, if they'd won, Stockport would have broken it. But alas, they didn't going down to, to Newport. But um, yeah, Wrexham probably thought, oh, no. But then a thumping win. Stockport lose. Back to four points off the top. And Phil Parkinson, huge listener of the pod, all five subs used, and not just pretend subs either. He'd use them all by the eighty-first minute. He is yeah. the he is the managerial archetype that we all aspire to be. Um, that's looking, it. I've got yeah. nothing more to say. I, I, I can't speak lowly enough of Morecambe.
1: Yeah, it's it's um yes, yeah, it's, it's an absolute shocker, and mm. you know this is this is the kind of game they just need to fully move on from. It needs mm-hmm. to be fully in the archives. I would uh, do the classic you know, refund of the, of the way. Oh, you'd go that really... far. Yeah. Six nil. That's an absolute mm-hmm. tummy ticker. Wasn't it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's awful. Um, but I'm looking, I'm, I'm just looking at this Wrexham squad right now. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got James, you've got James McLean's now in this team, right? Mm-hmm. I'm play, and they're playing a five at the back. Um, you know Elliot Lee, who's way too good for League Two in my in my opinion. Uh, Mullen, who's great. You know he's super poor Mullin for a reason. His, his goal record absolutely speaks for itself. But you know what I wanted to highlight was the was the substitutes. So obviously Mendy scores, but comes on on the twenty first minute, right, mm. for, an inj- for an injury. For an injury, you got Jones, who's obviously a really good player. Sam Dalby, who's a you know a very good striker for League mm. Two. Jordan Davis, who is one of their talisman midfielders back in the day and 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 Willie Boyle who's obviously um you know was in Huddersfield's team last year right in the championship Mm. that's the strength and depth they have on the bench that they can bring on the league too and I think that's one of the reasons why I think at the start of the season bar you know I think some of the signings hadn't happened in this team but their strength and depth is something that's going to get them through a lot of games right because they've got they've got you know, covering a a good quality cover, not just like, you know, average Joe coming on and, you know, making some sort of a difference in the game. They've got players that can definitely make a difference. And I think Phil Parkinson's got his kind of starting 11 now when they're fit. But I think they've now got a team, a squad that can be rotated, but they won't um, forego any quality. So I think that's going to, you know, in a 46-game season, when you have that strength in depth and have that quality in depth, I think that's really exciting. And I think, you know, after a shaky start, you know, they're, they're doing great. I think that's, you know, in their last five games, if we look at look at the stats and them 2-0 win away at Notts County, impressive result. Beat Mansfield 2-1, 2-1 away, massive result. You know, Port Vale 2-1, beat Gillingham 2-0. Only obviously lost to Accrington last week, 2-0. Um, uh, but they're conceding less goals. Because at the start of the season we were seeing some mad Mm. five alls, some six fours, like absolute nuts results from them. But similar to what Stockport were doing, but now they're now they're showing themselves up at the back. Made some really good acquisitions at the back, and I think as we know, defense wins championships, right? And they've got the firepower up up top too, and quality and depth. or depth of quality, sorry, the word I was looking for, the phrase, to, to really mount a serious challenge. So, yeah, I'm quite high on Wrexham, And I think uh, they're starting to show why I think they were kind of promotion favorites or one of the promotion favorites, mate.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. And Morecambe continued to go winless against them. Yeah. For, fourth <laughs> attempt, fourth attempt, three losses and one draw. Yeah. Terrible.
1: Absolutely nuts. Um, well, let's have a look at the table then, Joe. I think there's nothing Ooh, else about this game. I'd love to tell you the table go so for
0: Stockport sit proudly atop the uh, top league two with forty-one points. Um Wrexham in second with thirty-six and Mansfield in third with thirty-five. Crew also in thirty-five, only outside of the top three, only outside of t- automatic places on uh automatic places on a goal yeah. difference. Um one point below them in fifth is Barrow with thirty-four, Notts County on thirty-three, bit of a shaky run of form at the three losses in the last four. Mm-hmm. Um, and Accrington round off the playoff pitcher on twenty nine points, so bit of a gap there opening up between sixth and seventh. Um, unfortunately, the bottom two remains unchanged as it often does. Uh, <laughs> Forest Green second from bottom with fifteen points, and Sutton sitting very lowly in in last place with thirteen points, four points off safety. Although, although Sutton have are, they are unbeaten in four, with one win and three draws. Nice. So, there is. There's got to be something in that. There, there, yeah. there, there has to be some glimmer of hope. Um, and I mean, it, weirdly, it does seem like all all four of the bottom four—Grimsby, Tranmere, Forest Green, and Sutton—are all picking up a few results recently. So, who knows? Maybe they'll they'll pull some of the uh, some of the
1: mid-table pack down with them. But exactly. Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose I would like to give a shout out—a little mini shout out—to Barrow, like. Hmm fifth in the table man like they are they are flying and they've definitely gone for me under the radar i know you were quite actually high i think yeah. you were high on them last in in mm. the predictions but i've been really impressed I've, they, they, they've kept to the momentum up they're in a really good run of form and as i said they're only two point a point behind the uh um automatics i know crew and mansfield have got a game in hand who i think mansfield are a, a very credible threat to mm. you know get automatic motion They're playing and great stuff same as crew but you know i just want to give barrow a massive shout out it's great and also wimbledon are on a good run of form and they've mm. got themselves just outside the playoff zone and i think they were after a shake bit of a shaky start they've you know they've got certainly some momentum and i think they're definitely an outside chance certainly for the playoffs this year and uh yeah so they're my two shout outs i think um, oh, i agree with that Bar- barrow up the barrow i'm um mm. I'm, I'm very high on them I love that. Everyone always bleats on about
0: Barrow being such a difficult place to play as well but actually their home form is mid table their away yeah. form second in the league Amazing. so yeah they're they're a good travelling side apparently and uh, you'll be very pleased to hear as well that our our comparison with the table now between our pre-season predictions we are equally as off we are both a c- cumulative 146 places away from reality. So that is nuts. It is weird how it's shaping up. I've got loads of the mid-table pretty bang on, but my top and bottoms have completely switched. Yeah, yeah. And you have lots of the well, you've got the top three almost bang on. Um mm. so you've got lots of the top half of the table pretty, pretty nailed on. Um and some of the like basically the playoffs and the relegation zone switched around. So it's weird. it, it is I don't know. I don't like my chances because too many of my I mean, I had Wrexham and Mansfield in <laughs> not doing very well, <laughs> but yeah, we'll. Uh... <laughs> no, sorry, Bradford and Mansfield. Not yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll. Uh... I'll, I'll keep those coming. I'll keep those coming. Keep an eye think- on it.
1: I think Mansfield are the absolute stat kings this season, aren't mm. they? In terms of like XG and, you know, chances created and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, a little shout out to them. But let's move swiftly on and yes, let's, let's. Let's, go into, let's go into League One. And I'm going to mm. talk about um, Bolton-Exeter. And oh. I'll talk about it with absolute glee. Mm-hmm. And uh, my main man, or oh, not my main man, Gary Caldwell, <laughs> team got his... Got their or well, their team got absolutely tummy tickled 7 0 away to Bolton, who, in my mind, are I'm not saying a in because nothing's a in this league, but they are looking like a team that certainly will be challenging to go into the championship next season. Um, probably by automatics, but I think if they come into the playoffs, I think not many teams will want to play them in the playoffs because they are playing some absolutely sensational stuff at the moment. So, starts off with uh. Is it Iadell or Iadell? I don't know how you say that, but Iadell doesn't stop. It well, starts off very slow, but on the thirty-fourth mm-hmm. minute, Iadell gets a goal, um, and then Adebayo, or Ade, is it Adabayo? I think uh, it is. Adebayo, Adebayo. Yeah, Adebayo. yeah, another Orient legend. Oh no, <laughs> good, good. Um, he makes it 2 0 swiftly on the forty-third minute, and uh, it's a nice team talk for mystery and ever, um, uh, and yeah, I think it's more of the same boys and uh, Gary Caldwell probably does the most uninspiring team talk no, <laughs> and, and uh, it reflects in the scoreline because Magoma or Magoma scores on the 55th minute. Um, one of my favourite strikers in the in League One, um, Dion Charles gets uh, gets in the act on the 64th minute. Swiftly then gets another goal on the 74th to bag a nice uh, 11 minute brace. Um, Dempsey then scores on the 87th minute to make it 6-0 and then how the hell am I going to say this name? <laughs> yes, bang on. Yeah, absolutely. Scores on the 92nd minute to make it 7-0 to, to Bolton. Um, again, very much a contender. Their Mexter fans should be paid massively for travelling <laughs> all the way to Bolton to see that absolute shambolic performance. Um, but a, 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 a team full of confidence right now, banging form. Um you know looking at their team you know the the strike partnership with Charles and Adeboy, Adeboyojo Adeboyo <laughs> oh, <God>. Joe <laughs> it's good enough it's good enough um it seems to be really good but they've got some really good they're sp- spreading the goals across the team but also you know Sheehan's. i think so always been a really really good player mm. um you know i think they've got the ingredients certainly to to be a team challenging right at the start of the table using all five subs and they've all they would have used all five subs by the 76th minute as well and two of their subs gets on the score sheet and get an assist as well so that is excellent impact from them players uh, and shows again the, the strength and depth that Bolton have at their disposal to probably make a good title challenge or a promotion challenge um you go I'll give Gary Caldwell his his, his his kudos. He did use four of his subs, which is good to see. Three coming on at once in the 64th minute. So good to see that as well. Um, but the stats were overwhelming. Like, look at this, right? So uh, 66% possession for Bolton, a 3.83 expected goals with Exeter only managing a 007 xg Whoa. stat which is awful that's horrible one shot in the whole game for exeter none on target 24 shots from uh <laughs> from bolton with 10 on target with seven go- seven big chances seven goals scored so you know that is excellent conversion rate exactly what i'd like to see joe please tell me that they still won the they won the throwing battle bolton
0: well, they did indeed yeah and again it wasn't really close 25 to 13 um another relatively low uh head count of any any 38 throw-ins but yeah it was it, it, it i extra didn't get a sniff all game yeah. in absolute
1: free fall as well yeah um, it, it's really uh, I, yeah. you know i do i do i do obviously bang on about gary cool and my mm. displeasure of him but from a really, really positive start of the season, they are absolutely in free fall and are currently mm-hmm. literally just outside the playoff, uh, outside the relegation zone mm-hmm. by a point. But them kind of games just muck up your goal difference and goal difference, uh, you know, loads of teams will swear by it. The reason why teams stay up is because their goal difference most of the time is probably what sees them out. They might be on similar points to put teams in the relegation zone, but having a really good goal difference, you know, minus two, minus one, you know, minus five, you know, compared to these minus 17s, minus 12s, minus 16s from their other teams, that can be the difference between you staying in the league and you going down. Right. So these kind of results are absolutely should be avoided at all costs. And, you know, I know, you know, it seems that they were absolutely under the, cost of the whole game, but, you know, if it's 3-0, just you know, just shut try and shut up shop. Like you need to just have a bit of concentration, a bit of game management. Take some yellow cards. I don't know. Just try and disrupt the flow of the game because 7-0 defeats will muck up your goal difference. And there could be the difference between you going down or you staying up. So it's just bad game management, bad performance, and at the moment. I can't see anything other than Exeter just keep losing. They just can't see where the goals are coming from. And it's a team shot of confidence. And I worry for them, Joe. Mm. Well, unfortunately, they got
0: oriented in, in week six of this season. Yeah, They were in third place. And then they we, we turned them over 2-1 away. And since then, they have won four times, I believe, yeah. and have dropped 13 places. So... Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's, that's what happens when when you lose to Orient. It, it, such is the shock at not getting a result at home to Orient. It sort of throws all your plans into disarray, and yeah, uh, yeah, then you start plummeting. Clearly, Gary doesn't uh, doesn't have any conviction in his in his tactics. But um, Bolton, outrageous, outrageously good, outrageous form. I'm absolutely terrified because Orient played Bolton away on the twenty third of December, so whoever the opposite of Santa Claus Krompus, that Austrian anti-santa he's turning up on the 23rd and he's snatching all of Orient's presents away and he's just incinerating them I I I'm I just yeah I might just pretend football doesn't exist over the Christmas period but yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm worried they're they're looking very 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 good money for uh for another win yeah um, absolutely I've got um, a question for you.
1: A a yeah, yeah. Oh, go
0: on, no, you're about to say something. You're about to say something. No, my no, question no, you, you, you
1: go for it, mate. You go okay. for it.
0: Okay, well, you're not going to remember what you are going to ask because this is going to really throw you. If Gary Caldwell was a beer, what beer do you reckon he'd be? Oh, yeah. I don't know what, just some context behind this. I was actually laying in bed thinking about this. <laughs> I was I was laying in bed thinking, what's like a, a really good beer that I like? And I was like, oh, what. Well, who would i equate them to like that in in managerial terms not in terms of would that manager drink that beer hmm. in terms of i like that manager x amount and i like this beer x amount
1: i would i would say i'd say fosters from a can cool. because it tastes I yeah. okay at the start but it's absolutely rank at the end
0: i love that answer yeah that it that wasn't really a, a, an answer that had a correct or incorrect answer, but yeah. that that is correct. Yeah, that is objectively the right answer. Well done.
1: Yeah. You've just won the chase. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mm. And Bolton at the moment are uh, probably a, a a Primaretti cold mm. from cold from the uh, from a lovely London London pub. I'd say. Oh, I like that. More, did, you good, did you have any
0: good? Do you have a good iced beer? You know, in like obviously. In the area of the world you work, they they serve a lot of beers in like iced glasses. Yes, Did you have any of those while you're out there? I did. Yes,
1: they they are they are good. Surprised that doesn't
0: jump to the top of the list. A real holiday beer.
1: Yeah, the tankards that are absolutely ice Mm. cold. It's just class. Yeah, absolutely top draw. There you Um, go. And on that segue, let's go mm. straight to the League One table. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Prime Bolton are, are mm. top of the league with a now goal difference of 19, which is the best, I think, the best in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, 38 points. Um, Portsmouth, um, yeah, they're, they're second. Obviously had an amazing start to the season and uh, lost, lost at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, if I mm. They did indeed. So that's two two of that win, isn't it? Correct? If, if Yeah. I remember. Oh, you're
0: casting your memory back
1: very correctly. Yeah, a um, draw and a
0: loss. Yeah.
1: So uh, they're they're on 36 points, but, you know, I still feel Portsmouth have a really good chance. Uh, Des Buckingham's uh, Oxford, a third on uh, 35 points. And uh, Steve Evans working his absolute magic at Stevenage um, on. A four for thirty-five points, another great away win, and and I'll give him a shout out. Three nil away, um, to Fleetwood, right? Uh, mm. in in again, brilliant performance. The stats were overwhelming. Another team that I think banging, banging form is Peterborough. So they they're. Mm. they're they're in the uh, fifth place, thirty-four points. Really good goal difference, and then just propping up in the uh, in in the releg in the sorry, not the relegation zone. The, the <laughs> playoffs is is Derby, who have had a bit of a renaissance recently. Got some good results recently, and they're uh, they're on thirty points. Um, I, I suppose a shout out to to Blackpool, just outside the uh, outside of the promotion uh, race or the playoff race. They're, they literally. Smash Portsmouth, didn't they at the weekend 4-0 mm. away which was the, definitely a surprise result so shout out to them but in the relegation zone uh, we have Fleetwood um on 16 points after 17 games Carlisle uh which I was I'm not surprised about I think mm. they they were going to struggle on 15 points Cheltenham um good to see them they're they're on 12 points they've made some points from their absolute shambolic start mm. uh, certainly not out of it 5 points away from uh, yeah. safety uh, big result
0: and, of the weekend as well, yeah. 2 0 against Oxford,
1: yeah. Massive result, actually. Mm. Yeah, massive result. And uh, Reading, um, still baffles me. My first choice, uh, first place of mm. the table are uh, uh. languishing on 10 points. And even with their deduction, uh, reinstated, for example, if they got their four points back, they would still be 23rd. So that's mm terrible yeah they are an absolute shame
0: they're the only ones keeping me in the running for our league one predictions yeah you're you're only you're 134 net positions out and i'm 142 so literally a a, bit of a gap opening up in
1: in league one yeah 100 percent. so that is a that is league league one so Joe, um happy for you going straight into the championship and it, and it, and it could only be you. Yes. Talking about this game because it is your beloved Bristol City. Yes. That is Carrickball Middlesbrough. Talk to me about it. And
0: so a sneak a sneak peek but actually Bristol City. Now now that they have merged our two pre-season predictions. Yours adjacent in Liam Manning being there for through Oxford and me by just calling out Bristol City as most underrated team in the Championship, we are going to see progress now, and progress is what we saw today against against your right against a resurgent Carrick ball, um that was that was picking up a bit of steam. Three um, two, the final result, Bristol City at home, and let me tell you how it happened. Uh, Thirty seven minutes in, Taylor Gardner Hickman pops one in uh one nil Bristol City you're thinking great it's good stuff uh one nil at home can defend that don't want to defend it let's get ourselves a penalty in the 46th minute uh in half the first half stoppage two nil Tommy Conway bang on get into half time Liam Manning's like right boys take it easy second half because this game's won. I presume is what he said anyway, because then they came out and seven minutes later it was two all. First with a Zach Viner own goal, classic centre back own goal. I love that. I, I love a centre back just popping one into his own net. And then uh, Matt Crooks two minutes later in the 52nd, uh, levelling things up for, for Middlesbrough. Carrick again, once again did his classic down at half time, gets the AFL pod, said podcast poster up and goes these, but these are that the, you want to lose for these boys. Not a chance, um, which really got everyone up. Um, but then unfortunately, much to my dismay, Lucas Engel, left back, goes off injured for Middlesbrough. Mr. Alex Bangura comes on, and seconds later, Mark Sykes capitalizes for Bristol City, capitalizes on the defensive confusion, uh, and scores 3-2. Uh half an hour goes past, many subs are used. Uh, five for Middlesbrough, four for Bristol City, and um, nothing else happens. The game ends three-two. Bristol City reign triumphant. Um, stats are even, so it's quite an even game. A Good game between eleventh and twelfth in the league. Um, sort of shaking out quite nicely. Um, both teams not a million miles away from the playoffs either, so they're, they're sort of keeping themselves in contention. Um, the throwing battle massively lost by Liam Manning. He won't be. He won't appreciate that. Only 15 throw-ins to um, Middlesbrough's 26. So he got away with one there, I'd say. But on the whole, a good day at the office for Liam Manning, Bristol City and the FL Search podcast. Our yeah. our collective dreams are about to come true.
1: 100%. That's a, that's a, mm. couldn't, couldn't have put a better summary myself. I, mm. I, I suppose... The way I'd say this game is, you know, sometimes when you get really good games and you say that is a great advert for the league. I feel this game was a great advert for the championship. Mm -hmm. Two teams that play really nice football. They're, you know, Mannings are very much a a attack minded coach. Same as Carrick. He's very attack minded. Good at, you know, good at developing young players. And I think that these two, I think, you know. If they keep on the trajectory they're going, I think they will be probably Premier League managers probably in the in the future. So I feel maybe we had maybe a slight insight about you know their, what they could bring to, to, to more top top level teams. But you know, I was I, I, I thought it was an excellent game. Thought both teams, you know, put went for the win, you know. It was a great comeback for Middlesbrough, but shows definitely a lot of character from Bristol City to 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 actually get that goal and, and mm. also hold on for like 30 odd minutes. Um, because the stats were pretty damn even. I think slightly more shots for, for Middlesbrough, but I think uh what we can see is certainly Bristol City utilized the shots they had more three big chances, three goals, right? So it's it's good to see. So yeah, I, I think it was a really good advert for the championship, and I don't think any both I think both teams will take a lot of positives out of that result. And I think, you know, both teams had a lot of momentum. I don't think the momentum will shift much different. Um now and i think bristol city might go gone a bit of a run which is good to see and uh fits in with your fits in with your pre-season prediction of them being in the playoffs and i think they, exactly. they, have, they have as good chance as anybody yeah
0: well hopefully hopefully it fits the narrative one of these narratives has to come true you have to spread the net very wide and then something will uh will come true but Absolutely. both teams have quite challenging sort of next couple of games actually um Bristol, well, maybe not as challenging, a sort of Southampton Norwich double whammy. Yeah. So playoffs and mid table. But uh, Middlesbrough, I mean, think, have got, I know they've got Leeds coming up and Preston as well. So, mm. yeah, two very tough games. But then, really, in two games' time, you come back and look at these two teams and we'll see where they'll sit. And uh, I'd imagine Bristol, here you go, here's one for you. In th- not two pods' time, so they wouldn't have, yeah, they would have played in two pods' time, Bristol City will be in the playoffs. There you go. Because. A, yeah, there you go. There's a shout. And also, I've literally just thought... So get this for a train of thought. I just thought my son's Halloween name would be Casper because I was looking yes. at the league table and I saw Leicester and I thought Casper Schmeichel.
1: Schmeichel. Excellent. Yeah, there Love you go. That.
0: So, yeah. And on that, looking at the league table... Love it. Leicester sit atop the, uh, the championship with 42 points, closely followed by Ipswich on 39 points seven points clear of third place Leeds and we'll forget the loss at the weekend because West Brom were a good side. I I can't tell you how impressed I am with with Ipswich this year Um, and I have no doubt that they will bounce back tomorrow against Millwall and my second confident championship prediction of the pod. Um, As as mentioned, Leeds in third on 32 points, Southampton on fourth with 31, West Brom 29 points in fifth on a decent run of form actually. There was... A blip in there against Southampton, but they have been looking really good um, value for money. And then Preston, round off the playoffs with 28 points. Um, A a weird loss to Cardiff at the weekend. I did think they would win Mm. that game, but Cardiff in seventh, just outside the playoffs, one point behind, blowing my expectations for them completely out of the water. Um, I thought they were going to do nothing this year, but yeah, fair play. And then bottom three, 12, I didn't realize how low these points counts were 12 points for Rotherham in 22nd um, which they'll be hoping to turn around very quickly QPR yeah. have 10 and Sheffield Wednesday still bottom, 6 points, 1 win in 17 3 losses on the spin I I do not like that for Sheffield
1: Wednesday <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, agreed um, Yeah, I, I think, you know Ipswich definitely got away with one, losing mm. to a good West Brom side I think actually are flying at the moment. They're doing yeah, really well. Yeah. Court um but luckily Southampton and Leeds only got managed draws at the weekend. So yep. good result for Rotherham. And I'll give kudos to Huddersfield. That's an excellent result for them at home mm. against Southampton again, who were fine. I think I saw a stat before the weekend. There's been no team that have secured more points in the last, like, six, seven games than Southampton, right? So that was a, that's an excellent result. But I, I suppose one team that I'd like to probably shout out um, for the weekend was Plymouth. Um, really good result against Sunderland at home. Two-nil win um, against a team that, you know, Sunderland are very fancied for the playoffs. So that's an excellent result for Plymouth and just takes them a little bit further away from that kind of relegation trap. And obviously Coventry... Um, got a well needed win at the weekend against millwall um uh, away so that is a that not a, is a hard place to go to then and uh, i think that was a good result for them so um but also just want to one more shout out because it blew my mind today swansea have well I think they've secured Yannick Balassie yes they have yeah um yep. unbelievable you could not write it I don't know it just Yannick Balassie is one of those he was I think about four or five seasons ago he was like deemed the next big winger right he was an absolute joke at some points like some of the best skills great winger obviously fell off a massive cliff I got massively injured but that is a I don't know if that's a desperation sign in from Swansea. Who knows? It could be an absolute stroke of master genius or stroke of genius. Who knows? But yeah, just want to shout it out because it blew my mind today when I saw that. Saw that, Joe. It just sounds like a stereotypical desperation transfer for me, Joe. What about you?
0: No, I, I love it. And actually, it tied up very nicely with a question somebody asked me the other day about who the most mercurial footballer is in the football league and I was racking my brains and I was really I was coming out all sorts of weird names and then Yannick Balassi pops up and just answered the question for me he in my (laughs) mind is the epitome of mercurial footballer yeah hot and cold never really I don't think he knows what's gonna happen when he's got the ball at his feet let let alone other people but when it works it is astonishing Yeah, exactly. So there's my answer. Yannick Balassi, such a cop out, such a cop out because it's, <laughs> it's so obvious. But yeah. yeah. And my answer without him was going to be Kwame Poku because I think that guy, again, is nuts. I, I, I watched him play for Peterborough against Orion and was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and and I, I, it sort of looked like in his eyes as well, he was also like, what what the hell is going on? <laughs> He's just running around, pulling his feet, taking it around players, cutting stuff back quality do you have any any shouts for most mercurial player in the football league before we move on quickly
1: oh i'm trying to think who i think didn't really know what they were doing with the ball (laughs) i like how
0: that's because in theory it shouldn't just be that shouldn't just be the criteria i mean fat ronaldo is sort of the archetypal mercurial (laughs) player like like they they named those they gave him those boots didn't they the night mercurials were like yeah but it's, uh, pr- I, I'd like to think he knew what he was about to do with the ball. But mm-hmm. I think the football league there has to be an element of of surprise in there. Like, oh wow! Like there was a guy years ago. Why do you think there's a guy years ago? Paul Jose and Poku. If you're out there, let me know. Yeah. I have never seen a player like that before. Orin. It was absolutely insane. He was all arms and legs, but no one yeah. could ever get the ball off him. He'd be like, "What is going on? Like, what? Just tackle him. Just tackle him." No, nobody could. You can get anywhere near him, and then occasionally he'd ping one in from like forty yards and just stroll away as if he does that every day.
1: Like, yeah, yeah,
0: unbelievable.
1: I can't, I can't think, I can't think of a play off the top of my head. Mm. But if I do, I'll put it on the socials. I guarantee. I like it. that.
0: Okay, th- there you go. There's your tease. Yeah, the, you'll throw that one out later this week.
1: Absolutely, thinking time. Good. Um, well, let's go straight into our pod pick um, mm. as as it's alluded to in our game with view, and we've uh, gone back to the People's Champion League. uh, Can't tear ourselves away. Absolutely. I'm going to talk to you about Salford, MK Dons. Um, And this was an absolute barnstormer of a game for many different reasons. Um, One being there was a severe lack of substitutions. Yeah, shocking. Only three done in this game. Um, But big Mike Williamson gets a 4-2 win away to Salford at... Isn't it called the Peninsula Stadium or something like that? Oh, It could be, yeah. I think that's what it's called, the Peninsula, um, something like that. But yeah, it was a bad result for, for Salford. Um, starts off terribly. Dean gets a goal for MK Dons in the 10th minute. But then a good, a good comeback from Salford. And Mai gets a goal on the 36th. And then Watson gets a 47th minute garbage time penalty, which uh, puts him 2-1 at half time, And uh, things are looking a bit rosier and woods thinking yeah okay i don't need to change too much you know just keep keep where we're going um but then big mike you know as 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 you know i liked him as a player absolute massive giant and his team provided a giant comeback in the uh, in the second half love that <laughs> love that <laughs> <laughs> um tomlinson scores on the 50th minute out the blocks 5 minutes in um gets a brace on the 72nd minute and then harrison rounds off the massive comeback on the 88th minute to make it a 4-2 away win for MK Dons and a very much needed win for MK Dons because after a really promising start and they were they won the gunslingers certainly in the league they were beating teams pretty much at will had a definite massive drop off I think in October and and a bit of November but that is a, a very much needed win for them um, I think that makes makes them I think on the last five games, three wins, a loss, and a draw. So that's, you know, that's good form for them. So, yeah, looking at the stats, um, all in, all in MK Don's favour 16 shots, five on target, you know, four goals, things you love to see. Um, yeah, a, a farrah of yellow cars in this game. Lund, Lund, Mariapa. For for uh, Salford and then Michael Michael Jordan Williams, that's an unbelievable mm. name, um, <laughs> and Tomlinson for uh, for MK Don. So definitely the uh, referee had uh, it's uh, had their work cut out for him in in this game, but mm. I think. Reason why we chose this game is because of the comeback from K Dons. But I think again, it seemed that both teams did go for it, and it was a good advert for, for League Two. And I think these are the kind of games that we're getting in League Two this season. That's probably why we've got an affinity with it because it's providing entertainment, but you know, team, lots of goals, but lots of action. And I feel like if you're a League Two fan, you're probably really enjoying this league and going to games this season because you know, I think there's been definite, definite, uh, seasons where league two hasn't been this is this exciting um but yeah lots of gold mouth action and yeah just just love watching the highlights and it was a it was a game which i think you know mk non's needed massively but again fun enough it only puts salford only not six points away from the relegation zone, which is mm-hmm. mad, right? There's a there's a mid-table shuffle certainly becoming apparent in league league two between 14th and 23rd. There's only eight. There's only eight points, right? That's that's three wins and you you're up in mid-table again. So, yeah, it, it this kind of result I think. And again, MK Dons are only three points away from the rele- from, from the playoffs, right? On 26 points, so it's it's uh. It's pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, that's the reason why I chose this game and uh, we chose this game because it was high scoring. Both teams went for it. But I think for MK Dons, it was massively needed and maybe gives them the impetus to go on a bit of run and keeps keeps their kind of hunt for the playoffs alive, Joe.
0: Yeah, love it. And shout out, well, shout out both managers, really. Shout out yeah. Neil Wood for getting a booking for arguing. Just yeah. pure, pure passion. And yeah. shout out Mike Williamson for trying to salvage my pre season prediction of Milton Keynes comes third in the league. Like they're yeah. just two managers top of their game. If they could uh sort the substitutions out, that'd be great. But yeah, yeah kind of ill. Um and well, Neil Wood will go home the happier manager despite losing because they got twenty seven throw ins to the MK Don's measly seventeen. What was going on across the football league this weekend? Just not a throw in sight. Far too much football. Where's oh. the Fishing it out of the stroppy ball boys' hands, or like my my personal favourite when it goes like into the crowd and they won't give it back, and then the player turns around, they throw it back over their head. Um, yeah, they they. I digress. They they. Those are some of my happier memories. But um, yeah, a fantastic game, like you say, a fantastic advert for League Two. But then weirdly, we been saying that every week, every game in League Two this year has been a fantastic advert for League Two.
1: Um, yeah, 100%, 100%. It's gung-ho.
0: Somebody, I'll tell you what, here's, a, here's a, some analysis that somebody probably myself will be doing when I should be working at some point. How many goals have been scored in League 2 compared to other seasons? Because it yeah. feels like a lot. It does. So that, that that's that's getting looked into. That's going on my blue
1: post-it note of things to investigate. 100%. Mr. Statman over there. Yeah. The Statman. Sounds good. Um, love it. Okay, well, that's our game week review done, Joe. And uh, yeah, another another great review. Really enjoyed that. But um, we'll we'll take a mini break, and we'll be back with the you know the anticipation of the predictions league to see how terribly we did again this seat this week. Um, don't know if, don't know at all. But I have very much a bumper Canvey Island update. Three games to dissect in this in this update. So looking forward to that.
0: Hello, welcome back after your break. I presume you've had as much fun as we have in it. Um, I know you're all chomping at the bit for the predictions league, so I will, I will, I'll, I'll relieve whatever pressure you feel, whatever stresses you feel, not knowing how splendidly Andy and I have done this week in the predictions league. Um, so very, very appropriately, Andy did actually choose the games for this weekend, sort of. With his foresight, so these should all be be relevant and tangible results for you all. Leicester Watford, I went one all back in the day. Uh, Andy predicted a two one to Leicester, and it was two nil. So there's a point in the bag for Andy. Um, Carlisle Charlton, I went for a three two Charlton away win. Andy went even more optimistic with a four two Charlton away win. Um, they ended up being one all, much for everyone's yeah. surprise. So clearly, Charlton didn't fancy that trip up north. So nil poire for both. Um, and then our League Two game was Crew Doncaster. Um I went for a three nil, very optimistic. And he went for a three one, both to sorry, both both to Crew, obviously. And the end result ended up being three two.
1: Cool. Um,
0: yeah, so one one point apiece, um, but close. And I, I feel I feel broadly optimistic about that week. So yeah. obviously I, I've only got one point, and you've got two, so you have extended your lead to four points. But I, I, I do feel uh, so. I'm on nineteen. You're on twenty-three. Just for sure. just for reference, for for anyone counting. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like going into this week, there's a bit more. I don't know. There's a bit more optimism. Um, I'm feeling a bit a bit happier about that, and I'm 100%. looking forward to predicting some results with you and. We obviously have the bonus round of Canvey versus Chatham, which is apparently getting played this week. So a reminder yes. on those results we've already predicted. I'm going for a rip roaring five two win for Canvey, and you've gone for a slightly more sensible two one win to Canvey. So keep that in your mind when you're all when you've all got sofa score on for Canvey Island tomorrow when the goals are rolling in. Um, I'll be laughing. Um, right, I've picked a selection of games for us to right. for us to predict. Obviously not. The the championship one, I've gone for the the Acca Killer, the Friday night game, and then for the two uh, for the league one and league two one, I've gone for the midweek games. Obviously, next week is FA Cup weekend, so there's a yep. bit, of, bit of nonsense going on. Um, so for the championship, we've got Preston at home to QPR.
1: Difficult one because I think Preston lost at the weekend, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I'm quite liking what I'm seeing from Marty enter as a QPR. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna for a Desmond 2-2. Two, two. So I
0: I'm gonna go 2-0 to Preston. Hmm. But I am now worried that I've got well, I'm always worried I've got it wrong to be fair, so what's new? But yeah, I've gone 2-0 to Preston. <laughs> nice. a bit more optimistic. Good. Hmm. I I was waiting for you to tell me what the game was then obviously it's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joeal um league 1 uh, we've gone for Port Vale at home to Derby County
1: Oh, tough i think the form that derby are in i can only see this being a win so i'm going to go for a 2-0 away win to derby oh
0: so i feel like the margin will be same the same i think port vale will score one so i think it's going to be derby 3 port vale 1 nice and then uh, and then finally I've gone for Stockport, table-topping Stockport versus Salford. Oh.
1: Screw it. I'm gonna go five nil Stockport.
0: That is insane. I also said five-nil. <laughs> so I am gonna change mine to 6-0. There nuts. you go. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. It's, it's Louis going Barry hat trick. I'm um, all over I'm yeah, now. Exactly. League two, absolutely the best league in the world. That it's going to deliver once again. They're going to have seen Wrexham six 0 I'm going, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, um, okay. that's what they're going to replicate. And you'll be pleased to hear that of those six teams, five of them are predictions league debutants. Love it. We haven't, we have never predicted Preston, QPR, Port Vale, Derby, or Stockport before. So, yep, everyone's getting their 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 moment in the sun from the FL Sesh podcast. Um, I'm excited. I like it when we get points. We get points, yeah. and my my outlook completely changes all of a sudden. I feel like we're uh, we're actual podcasters again, who somewhat know what we're doing. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I look forward to bursting that bubble next week. But until then, I'll I'll, 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 I'll just smile and throw it back over to you for the bumper Canvey Island update.
1: Uh, and with absolute absolute my pleasure, I'm very much looking forward to dissect uh, the last two weeks in the land of Canvey Island. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a I'd, I'd say it's been definitely an up and down, in up and down two weeks. But I'm going to start talking about their first game, which was the 18th of November. It feels like a while ago that was. Mm. Uh, and that was a home game um, against Chesn in the Isthmian Premier League, and that was a that was a one all draw to start off with. And they started terribly, got a nineteenth uh, conceded on the nineteenth minute to friend, uh, definitely not a friend of Canvey Islands. And then uh, Hubble, uh, Connor Hubble scores a fortieth minute pen, and that's all she wrote in that in that game. Um, uh, it seems that, and also funny enough, that was uh, Canvey's first draw of the season. They've either um, won games or they've lost games so that was a, uh, a well maybe a welcome point or a w- yeah. welcome draw to stop the rot of either winning or losing <laughs> um, and then a few days later on the Tuesday the 21st of uh, November they were in third round um, Essex County Cup action uh, so you know love, love a cup run mm. and um, I'm happy to say they were playing white ensign never heard of them in my life but nope. you know at home uh, but they smashed them 4-1 at home which was Eight. a absolute superb result starts off with a 5th minute goal from uh sack um and uh then they go 2 it up 35th minute actually no by evans kwesi on the 31st minute friend the pod yeah yep. um love him and uh, on the 35th minute um sack gets his second goal um to make it 3 uh 3-0 three um on the count and then just before half time, uh soko asuka gets a goal for white inside to make it 3-1 slightly different halftime team talk maybe from from uh from the manager but they come out flying and sack gets his hat trick on the 62nd minute to make it a resounding 4-1 win and nothing then happens because it's clear domination from Canvey, and uh they go into the pot for the fourth round which is uh which is great. Um, wondering who they're playing, Joe. Maybe if you could have a little look quickly. I'd I'm love doing... to.
0: Yeah, as weirdly um, as exactly what I was doing. The Essex yeah. County Cup has intrigued me.
1: Yeah, who they got in the next round? That'd be mm-hmm. superb. But I'll go through the next game as well. So, on Saturday, um, on the 25th, um, they were away. So away from their uh, comfortableness at the Movie Star Stadium, they took a trip to Hastings United in the Espanyol Premier League on Saturday. And uh, I'm incredibly happy to say um, they get a two nil away win. So a really, really fruitful last few last few weeks for uh, Canvey. That's two. um, That's a draw, a win in the cup and a win in the league. Uh, in the last three games, and I think that's a that's a nice uh, that's a nice tidy return for them. So it starts off um, nothing happening um, in in the first half, and then decided, oh, we fancy a bit of a lead in the, in in the second half. So Salmon gets a goal on the forty third minute, and then literally a minute later, Elliot Ronto, uh, who just passed, I think, a few weeks ago, one hundred games of the club um gets a goal on the 44th minute to make it 2-0 at half time and then nothing happens in the second half and uh, they hold out for a very welcome clean sheet and a 2-0 away win which is exactly what the doctor ordered um so yeah really really exciting times for the club um puts some um, puts them on uh, 22 points and 10th in the league so comfortably mid table literally slap bang in the middle of the table but they have uh plenty of games in hand against uh, the teams above them so if they win both their games in hand they could be in the dizzy heights of fifth which is great to see so you know potentially a uh potentially a uh slight outside promotion push who, who knows mm. we'll see um but Definitely, I think the team to beat, and I think the team that's probably confidently going to win this league is Hornchurch. Mm. 16, 16 played, 14 wins, two drosses, no losses, 50 goals scored in 16 games, 13 conceded, already a plus 37 goal difference. And yeah, what points. what
0: is going on there? Because I had a look and they didn't even come down last year, like they yeah, were in this division last year as well. So I don't yeah. know, something's going on. Maybe the
1: Man City of non league, yeah, who knows? But you yeah, know, that's that's it's good to see um but yeah no really really positive update for for canvey and hopefully they can keep this momentum and and uh, as i said get a get a win against is it chatham they're playing at the weekend or on tuesday uh,
0: yeah chat yep yeah, that's that's the game that's yes, the, the, the game 5-2 victory predicted. incoming
1: yeah so hopefully we'll be talking about a uh, a another win and another uh, hopefully clean sheet or uh, bags of goals. So that is your bumper Canvey Island update. And mm. I suppose that sums up the, on that positive note, sums up the pod and we'll finish the pod up there. Um, I'll plug the socials. Please obviously reach out to us on our social platforms um, at, at the FL Sesh pod on Instagram and X or Twitter, as it used to be called. Um, you know, we like sending out the latest news in the FL and please interact with us. It's great. Um the, and and obviously listen to us and share with your friends. You can listen to us on all of our you know normal podcasting platforms, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. And you know please leave us a five star review massively helps us out and helps us share our message and you know we're 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 coming up to we're coming up to though we're we're over 500 we you know we're we're near that thousand mark we know we that'll be a massive win for us you know for two people that have just you know started a pod we've been complete beginners and uh you know to get to that thousand mark would be an incredible achievement and we'll you know, it just allows us to keep doing what we're doing and we're, we're really enjoying it. So please, you know, share it with all your friends and family, share it with whoever, share our content and uh hopefully it's allow us to reach more people and maybe more influencers to get onto the pod. It'd be great to get some guests as well. So hundred um, percent. you have had enough
0: I, of me. You've had yeah, enough yeah. of me finally. Yeah. Uh, just somebody to put some, some distance
1: between yourself and I. I know. Right? I, I understand yeah it's fine it's fine at least you got the message uh my <laughs> subtext there um but on that note uh, joe any final comments before we finish the pod
0: no i'm going to i'm going to keep them i always say yes and then ramble on so just no uh, I, I i i wouldn't want guests i wouldn't want any guests between you and i but if if it must happen then fine i'll go along
1: with it nice superb well we'll finish it there um thanks again for listening as always and we'll see you for our next edition of the ff sesh podcast next week ta-da